Lead us from darkness to light, from poison to nectar, from the unreal to the real.
गोविंद जय जय गोपाल जय जय गोविंद जय जय गोपाल जय जय गोविंद जय जय गोपाल जय जय गोविंद जय जय गोविंद जय जय गोपाल जय जय गोविंद जय 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 जय
My name is Suresh Das, and uh, by Srila Prabhupada's mercy, we're all here. By Prabhupada's mercy, we just heard Vasanta and Rudy 
and Sean. Uh, sacred sounds are going out all over the world by the mercy of the pure devotee. Kapha was predicted in uh, Brihat, Brahma by Varkapara, 5,000 years ago. Ganga Devi, uh, the goddess Ganga, the, the personification of the Ganges River, went to Krishna and Dwarka and said, Lord, you're just about to leave the earth. And when, the, when you leave, that means the season of time will change into Kali Yuga, the age of darkness. It will come in full force. And all these people who are going to really indulge in bad karma in Kali Yuga, they're going to come and try to dump their bad karma in our sacred waters. What are you, what, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> so Krishna uh, said, be patient. And he meant 5,000 years, be patient. <laughs> After 5,000 years, I will send my mantra upasaka, my worshiper of the holy name. And he will go, he will take the name all over the world. And he will inspire so many people uh, to surrender to me. And they will be so pure hearted, these people, that they will come to India and they will bathe in your sacred waters and they will purify you. You see how Krishna turned it around? Ganga was worried that so many evil people, wicked people will dump their bad karma in the sacred rivers. And Krishna said, no, don't worry. My worshiper of the holy name is going to inspire so many people to become stately people pure people, and they will come and bathe in your sacred rivers, and they'll purify you, so don't worry. So we just got a little taste of the power of sacred sound. I mean, sound is so powerful anyway. Sound, whoever controls the sound, practically controls the people. Now we have sacred sound that's unlimitedly powerful. Now imagine going to a place where there's sacred sound going on all the time. So I was just blessed to be in Sri Mayapur, home of the Golden Avatar, who is the avatar of the DH to uh, send sacred sound all over the planet. I'm talking about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's Krishna himself, and he comes in the Kali Yuga not in a dark form like Krishna, he's kind of dark like a bluish rain cloud. But in the Kali Yogi, he comes in a golden color and he's, he's Krishna, but he's playing the part of a lover of Krishna. Very esoteric incarnation. And he chose to appear right in the part of the world known politically now as West Bengal, right on the Ganges River. Not looking at my notes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday evening will be the 534th anniversary of his appearance. So even though it's Kali Yuga, even though the season of time did switch when Krishna came 5,000 years ago, just 500 years ago, around the time of Columbus, and a little later Shakespeare, and, uh, Lord Chaitanya appeared. It's a, it's a little eddy against the current of Kali time and is pushing back the darkness with golden rays of divine love. Specifically, we taste that love through the chanting of Hare Krishna and so many allied mantras. Like, wasn't that beautiful right at the end? We were chanting, Vasudevaya. This is the perfection of musical talent. You can see how they made it so tasty and uh, inviting to join them. What was the name of that drum again, Ken? And Krista now? It was Hang Drum. from South America. I told Rudy on the way up, you sound like flattened scrubs playing Tibet. I mean, how does he get those sounds? It sounds, one minute it sounds like you're in Appalachia, and all of a sudden you're in Lhasa. 
to that. It's, uh, it's truly a global village being purified through sacred sound. So yeah, I, I went to Mayapur. I, I thought I could beat the rap of jet lag. I thought I had it all figured out. I was touring in America and in New Orleans. Uh, I had a round trip New Orleans, Calcutta, New Orleans. Whoa. So the, the, the worst leg was JFK to Dubai. It was like 14 hours. Okay. I, mean, I had this chant, I was chanting Hare Krishna, but I had to go really internal because even if I hollered it out loud, right, I couldn't have heard it with <laughs> the jet roar, right? So this is Lord Chaitanya. Okay, now you got to go internal. You got to really hear the name in the heart because even if I'm vibrating the name loudly, if I'm not really hearing the name with my heart, um, one of our saints, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, said, which means, in Bengali, it means, uh, just because one is mouthing the external syllables of the holy name, doesn't mean that one is actually chanting. So finally, I did arrive in India, and then I went right to Bangalore, and uh, I at South India to teach my father Acharya lessons, and I thought, okay, I got two weeks in, to teach in Bangalore. And by the time I get to Mayapur, Lord Chaitanya's hometown, where he chose to appear, I'll be all recovered from jet lag. That was my strategy. The best laid plans. <laughs> what happened in Bangalore? I was having a grand time teaching, but it was all night games, night sessions. And as, as the nights wore on, I was wearing out, you know, I mean, teaching at night, very intense. I mean, it was, it was wonderful, but the, the mortal frame was caving in the immune system. So by the time I left Bangalore, I was like, ah. and, and then I got the Maya pose. Anyway, but I was in my port, so it was okay, even though I was um, physically ill. So when you get to my port, all right. Uh, so Mayapur also happened to... Mayapur is, is known, is getting known in the world now because of this saint I just mentioned, Srila Bhakti Nautaka. Mahaprabhu, uh, the golden avatar, he appeared over 500 years ago and he predicted and as many towns and villages as there are on the surface of the earth, my holy name will be sung. He predicted that. And then he left. And then within a hundred years of his disappearance, that renaissance of, of sacred sound that he started, chanting Hare Krishna especially, it was submerged in so many imposter um, chanters who weren't really conveying the pure spirit of the name. So it was just like submerged for hundreds of years, this beautiful spiritual renaissance, until this Vaishnav saint Bhakti Thakur came along and he revived the pure teachings and he envisioned he envisioned a worldwide movement of, of sacred chanters. And if you go to Mayapur today, you can go right across, there's a tributary of uh, the Ganges, it's called the Jalangi. And you go right, right across the Jalangi in one of these little skiffs, and you can walk right to his house. And you can walk right upstairs, where he used to walk out on his veranda. And he, he was such a visionary. He envisioned what this mantra upasaka, this pure worshiper of the holy name, was going to do. He envisioned, this is in the 1880s, I mean, years before our Prabhupada's appearance in this world. He envisioned people from all over the world coming to Mayapur to chant Hare Krishna. That's, that's happening to this day. And then he envisioned uh, right from his, right from his veranda, he, his, his vision took him straight across the Jalangi, 
to a spot that was glowing golden. And he, he had been doing research on, on the exact place where the golden avatar had appeared. And he became convinced that it wasn't what, where the local people were saying it was on the other side of the Ganges. He was convinced by talking to old rishis and yogis and consulting ancient maps that it was actually across the, the Ganges in, on the Mayapur side. So he had this confirmed when his guru, his dear Shiksha guru, Srila Jagannath Das Bhavati, Vaishnav Sarvabhoma, he was the chief of the Vaishnavs of the day. He was over 120 years old. He was literally a basket case. His disciples were carrying him around in a basket. But when Bhaktivinoda Thakur took him to the spot where he had determined and divined that this must have been the spot, then Mahaprabhu appeared. The Babaji, he just leaped out of his basket, way high into the air. Haribo! Haribo! He confirmed it. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he saw us all coming to Mayapur from countries all around the world. And we just they just had it in Mayapur just after I left. What they call Kirtan Mela, a festival of, of chanting. And it, it, people from 60 countries were in the Kirtan. Amazing, amazing. And then the Thakur envisioned this like Bhuta Mandir, this incredible, awesome temple arising on the Gangetic Plain that would attract people from all over the world to come. And that's actually happening now with our temple of the Vedic Planetarium uh, arising, the synthesis of science and religion coming together in this uh, amazing temple. The, the main temple room has enough room for 10,000 people to chant and dance. Can you imagine? It's hard to imagine. But so many people are coming to Mayapur especially Wednesday, the actual day of the appearance anniversary of, of the Golden Avatar, you won't be able to get near the temple because there will be so many pilgrims coming, like a million pilgrims will be there. So we're already thinking, this temple is going to be too small. So uh, how do you get to Mayapur? Well, you can't just get there by buying a ticket. We have to prepare ourselves um by doing what we were just doing tonight being in the right mood of service because the maha mantra is a prayer for service hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 rama hare rama 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 hare hare oh radha oh krishna Please engage me in your everlasting loving service. For so long, I've been here just trying to serve my material senses. Never works. I always get old. I get sick. I die. I just got a massage over at Divine Touch on uh, Fort Lowell. And my country club in Fort Lowell is a nice little place called Divine Touch. Once a month, I go there. And I said, uh, Armand, Armand is a strong guy. He's, he's a massager. Armand, you know. Sometimes I have some numbness in my feet. And he said, uh, it's like the numbness you have when you're sitting in a certain position and then you, you realize your foot falling asleep, you know? Uh, and then it starts tingling. I said, no, it's more like stabbing in the toes. <laughs> and he said, hmm, that's called old age. <laughs> So this body doesn't last forever, but we we feel young inside, right? That's because we are the soul, we are the Atma. And when we chant Hare Krishna, we feel like that. We feel like um, young. That's because we're part of our soul of Krishna, who's eternally youthful. So, uh, yeah. Really going to Mayapur and getting the benefit of Mayapur happens right where you are when you start chanting Hare Krishna with the attitude of service. And by the time you get there, then you're in the right mood to actually take in the sacred sound and, and be transformed by it, even when your body and your mind are under the weather. So, um, 
everyone to go. And I'd like to read something from the Shastra because there are actually many holy places. But Krishna himself, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, he, when he was on earth walking around, although he was on earth 125 years, he never appeared to age beyond the age of, say, 16. Yes. Krishna is Navayogana, although he's the oldest. Adhyankarana Purusham. He's the, he's the, Krishna is the source of all repeat. So that means that's pretty old, huh? Eternally in the past, forever in the past. But he's also Navayovanam. He's the freshest. He's always appearing like a fresh, blooming youth. So once upon a time, at a place, a holy place, Kurukshetra, that's actually where Bhagavad Gita was sung by Krishna to Arjuna, and it's actually, it was a battlefield. But it was a sacred place, too, because the battle uh, was ordained by Krishna to rid the earth of so many uh, vicious folks. So anyway, Krishna went back to Kurukshetra during the occasion of a solar eclipse. And he came from his big city, Dwarka. You go to Gujarat, it's still there, at least the remnant on the shore. And uh, as recorded by Srila Vyasadeva, um, when Krishna got to Kurukshetra, he was there to glorify all the rishis and yogis and sages. And they had come to glorify him. So let's hear what Krishna says. This is going to end up, it's just a few verses. It's going to end up with a real nice verse on how to really go to a sacred place and what to do. The Supreme Lord said, Now he's beholding all these rishis and yogis and sages. Now our lives are indeed successful, for we have attained life's ultimate goal, the audience of great yoga masters, which even demigods only rarely obtain. How is it that people who are not very austere and who recognize God only in his deity form in the temple can now see you? He's talking to these yogis can now see you, touch you, inquire from you, bow down to you, worship your feet, and serve you in other ways. I mean, Krishna, he's Yogeshwara. He's the master of all mystics. He's the supreme being. But he's taking pleasure here, glorifying the great Savior. And then he says, because usually in holy places, it's by sacred rivers. Mere bodies of water are not the real sacred places of pilgrimage, nor are mere images of earth and stone the true worshipable deities. These purify one only after a long time. But saintly sages purify one immediately upon being seen. And especially when you hear, when, when they pour that sacred sound in our ears, it transforms the heart. <coughs> Neither the demigods controlling fire, the sun, the moon, and the stars, nor those in charge of earth, water, ether, air, speech, and mind actually remove the sins of their worshippers, who continue to see in terms of dualities. But wise sages destroy one's sins when respectfully served for even a few moments. And now, here's the famous, but this is a, this is a, Lead up to a famous verse. Yes, Yatma Bhumi Kunape Tridhatuke Svadhikalatradi Shubhoma Ijavi Yatirta Budhik Salinena Karhichich Janish Fabigyeshusa Eva Gokaraha. This is the climax of Krishna's section here. Krishna is saying, What do I identify as his self as the inner body? composed of mucus, bile, and air, who assumes his wife and family are permanently his own, who thinks an earthen image or the land of his birth is worshipable, or who sees a place of pilgrimage as merely the water there, in other words, just to go and take a bath, which is good, but, Krishna says, if that's all you do, but who never identifies himself with, feels kinship with, worships or even visits those who are wise 
in spiritual truth. Such a person is no better than a cow or an ass. So, <laughs> luckily, before I got to Mayapur, even though I came down with a really bad cold, I was spending a whole week revealing our spiritual master to people who really need to, hear, to go deeper in their relationship with Malachi. So I was really ready to hear from all these saints and sages who were there in Mayapur, even though I was coughing and blowing my nose and excusing myself. And so that was a sixth term. Krishna had put me in the right mood. So I'll just end with one. The last night I was there, I was getting better day by day. There's this great sannyasi, some great swami in our movement, and his bhakti marks one. His sadhana, his practice is he walks everywhere. He walks. He's been he's from Canada. He's been across Canada and back five times now. Wherever he visits a country, he walked. He walked all around Ireland. He was in Guyana. He was. He walked all around Guyana. It's called Padayatra. Pada means the yatra means place or moving festival. Uh, he put on a play. Wherever he's a dramatist. He's a he's a swami. This is the kind of people Prabhupada attracted. And Prophet said, whatever you do, whatever you like to do, just do it for Krishna. So he's a dramatist. So the last night I was there, he put on this beautiful play. It was called The Queen's Secret. So it's kind of a long background, but it's it's about a great yogini named Kunti who had five saintly sons, the Pandavas, one of whom was Arjuna, the hero of the Bhagavad Gita. And, but before Kunti had her five Pandava sons by different devas, by different demigods, before she was married, she was serving another great rishi named Vishwamitra Muni, and he was so pleased with Kunti's service that he gave her a boon that she could call any deva, any demigod, any celestial, and combine with him and have a child. So she was 16 years old, and she, you know, she was living under the protection of her parents still in this palace. She was a, she was a royal. And so she was curious, though. So she remembered the mantra that Vishwamitra Muni gave her, and she vibrated it, and it was Surya. It was the mantra to call the sun god. Surya appeared right in the room and said, yes. And Kunti was startled. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Surya Day. I, I, I didn't know you called me. Now we must combine. And, and, but I'm a virgin girl. I, this will be scandalous. I can't do this. No, don't worry. I, I, have to, I, I will keep your virginity intact. Don't worry about this. So he gave her a son before she was married to the Pandavas. And the son's name was Karna. But she was so, and she carried it to term and she had the child, but it was in secret and she was so ashamed that she put the son in a basket, kind of like a biblical story, and, and, and in the river. She put the, and, and, and prayed to God that, that somebody would find the child in the basket. And sure enough, he was found by uh, a chariot driver and his wife, which in that time was not considered a very high station. So Karna grew up. He was actually the first, the first child of Kunti. Um, but all his life he was scorned because he was so-called low-born. And he even tried to compete with the hand of uh, this lady Draupadi. Excuse <coughs> me, still getting over the top. And, uh, but he wasn't allowed to compete because he was lowborn. Only real warriors, chakras, <coughs> could compete. So he was insulted because he actually he was a heavy-duty thoroughbred warrior. And he was the, really, he had the, the best skill of anybody in the world. 
And he resented being rejected for being lowborn. But the villain in the whole Mahabharata story, history, accepted him. He saw, oh, this guy's a great warrior. He could even be, defeat Arjuna. So he gave him shelter, and he, he because he was a king himself. He, I, I grant you a lord over this land, this a certain place. And so Karna felt validated. He felt worthy now. And he, and he, so he, but he ended up fighting for the villains <laughs> in the Kurukshetra War. So this play that Bhakti Maharaswami put on, it's called The Queen's Secret. And the Queen's Secret was that she had this Karna fellow uh, out of wedlock when she was a teenage girl, but she never told anybody. She never even told her sons, the Pandavas, who were the good guys in the history of the Mahabharata. So there's this pathetic uh, climax of uh, Krishna's trying to make peace, he's trying to avoid this bloodbath, the war. The Kurus are determined, the bad guys, the people that have given Karna shelter. And so at the last at the last attempt to avert war, Kunti went to Karna, who was she found Karna because he was a he was a worshipper of the sun. Karna means ear. She had been born out of Kunti's ear, so therefore her virginity was intact. And she found Karna doing his uh, Surya Namaskars and um, and Karna saw her and knew that she was the mother of the Pandavas, his arch, you know, enemies. But she, he respected her. Mother, what do you want? I see you're approaching me. And she, she revealed to him in very, uh, it was so dramatic, um, who he was. Karna, you're actually my son. You're the first Pandava. I had you. I had you before anyone, any of my, any of any of the Pandavas. But I was so ashamed. I had, I put you in a basket. And Karna's like, what? Why are you telling me this? Why did you put me in the river? Why did you do that? And she's begging him now. Let's. We don't have to have this war. You can be the king. You're actually the firstborn. And it's so pathetic. It was so touching the way Bhakti Mark Swami had coached these actors how to bring out the deepest emotions in the audience. Kunti's pleading with Karna, Karna, please, please, don't fight. Don't, don't make this war. You can be the king. And you could see Karna's like really touched by her story and, and he wants to do it what and he, he's like they're like this far from each other and then he, and he went no i can't i'm duty bound to fight for duryodhana because he gave me my shelter my whole life i can't do this it's like can you imagine your whole life you know you think you're one person and you're actually somebody else and then but those at somebody else's or that first they gave, they're the ones that gave you shelter. His own biological mother had put him in a basket in the river. So when we saw that play, and it must be online, I'd like to send you to some link online. But anyway, they were so great. And I had known that they were great, like acrobats and you know, martial, they were doing martial arts, you know, on the stage. And, but I didn't know that they were that good. Actors. So I saw the I saw the actor who played Karna the next day. His name is Krishna Kishore. And I said, Kish, how did you I knew you were a great dancer and acrobat, but how did you make us all cry in the audience by rejecting Clinty's offer? And he just looked at me and he said, Bhakti Maharaj Swami, that saintly person, this genius, he brought that out in us. He brought that out in the devotee who played Quinty. So if you ever get a chance to go to Mayapur, the whole place is sacred sound. We just had a little sample. That's going on 24-7. There's always some kirtan going on, especially in Prabhupada's hut, 
And you go there and you see this big wonder of the world rising out of the plane there. It's this TOVP, Temple of the Vedic Planetarium. And right next, you see this little hut where Prabhupada stayed in 1972. He wanted that hut preserved to show the humble beginnings of uh, Maya Purvatantra. So uh, I felt very blessed to be in Mayapur, and just in a few days, I can imagine the place is just going to explode with uh, ecstasy, because literally over a million pilgrims will be there. And the devotees, who are the hosts, you know, they have to do their own little mini festivals, <laughs> like there's going to be a Russian version and an English version. And a... But if you can, please try to go to Mayapur, please prepare your consciousness with that service attitude. January Krishna. And now we have local Mayapur as the curtains will open. Ram, are you ready? Yes, bro. Okay. Está bien? Oh, yes, sí. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and I'll try to share more with you as the weeks go on. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, golden avatar, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai. Jai,